Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here. We're learning to listen to God, meditate on whatever He says, and respond to Him in prayer. Follow or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss any episodes. Our followers make this podcast possible. Thank you. Share this with a friend so they can start their day right too. In season three, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites as well as some that are lesser known or harder to pray. Psalms are special in Scripture because not only are they God's Word to us, they're also His Word for us. They give us words to pray and an example to follow. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's Word beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of our life. We follow a four-step process that you can download or listen to. It's in episode one of season one at wordofprayer.com. Verse 15 started with Psalm 1, which shows us we have to choose the right way, or derek in Hebrew. God's law and choosing His ways is a major theme in the Psalms. If we meditate on His word, we will be blessed with life and fruit, with the fellowship that God offers us. When we listen to the wrong people repeatedly and hang out with them, it leads us down the path to destruction. Theme one, then, from the Psalms is choose God's way. Meditate on His word. The other major idea in the Psalms is the king. Israel had a king for about 500 years of their history, but there was often confusion about how exactly to view the king. Is the king absolute? Is their word and power final? Unlike the nations around them, the answer was no for Israel. God is the true king, and the human king rules in his place like his son. The human king is bound by the law given by Moses, and he's supposed to rule in righteousness and uphold justice. Sadly, that was often not the case. The Psalms and the prophets pointed to this central truth that God is king, and that he would send his true son to come and reign in righteousness. Now, keeping that in mind, today we turn to Psalm 2. We immediately run into several humps, like I mentioned in episode 1 of season 3. History and harsh language, and to a lesser degree, Hebrew poetry. The history problem is about kings and kingdoms in general. What I just shared about Israel a minute ago, well, that's pretty foreign to us. Look around today, and modern nations are democracies. They're not kingdoms. Even the few monarchies in the world today are really more symbolic, and the king or queen has little real power to rule over the affairs of the nation. The other problem in Psalm 2 that we encounter is the harsh language that shows God laughing, scoffing, angry, wrathful, heavy-handed. It's not really a very fashionable way to picture God. Many people today don't want to have anything to do with a God who's like this. 
So why bother with Psalm 2? Why not focus on more hopeful, inspirational words? Well, besides the fact that it is Scripture, there's something else. Both Psalms 1 and 2 seem to have been placed intentionally at the beginning of the book of Psalms as an introduction to the overall collection. Together, they announce the twin themes of God's Word and His reign or kingdom, which are central to a right relationship with Him. Now, besides that, which is pretty big, Psalm 2 was loved and used by the apostles to say something special about Jesus. I'll give you a couple examples. In Acts 4, Peter quotes Psalm 2 to explain the hostility of the authorities toward Jesus, which resulted in his crucifixion. Also, Matthew quotes Psalm 2 in chapter 3 of his gospel at Jesus' baptism, and he does that to show the unique relationship that Jesus and God the Father shared. If we step around Psalm 2, we're missing something important that God wants us to see about the true order of things. Let's listen to what God is saying to us. I'll read Psalm 2. Why this hubbub among the nations? Why this empty plotting by earth's people? Rulers, kings, and leaders of the earth are standing together against God and against his anointed king, his Messiah. The big shots say, let's break these bonds upon us, tear apart the cords wrapped around us. The one seated in heaven laughs. Yahweh mocks them. Then he speaks in his anger, and his burning words terrify them. I have set up my king on Zion my holy mountain. I will proclaim again Yahweh's decree. He said, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Just ask, and the nations are yours. I will give you everything to the ends of the earth. You will rule them in great strength with an iron rod and break empires apart like they are clay jars. Kings, be wise, not foolish. Rulers and leaders, let yourself learn this lesson well. Serve Yahweh with holy fear and tremble in his awesome presence. Kiss the sun to show submission, or he will be angry and your way will be destroyed. Blessed and secure are all who take refuge in him. This section of verse 15, meditate, this is when we engage with God's word. And it's interesting, the same word for meditate in Hebrew that we encountered in Psalm 1 verse 2 when it says, the one who meditates on God's law or his Torah will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. It bears its fruit in its season. Well, that word to meditate on God's word in Psalm 1-2 is used in Psalm 2 verse 1. But in this case, the word should probably be translated differently because it's really representing the nations 
I use the word hubbub in my translation. The nations are not meditating on God's word. Instead, they are focusing attention on their empty plans. And so the word Hagah in Hebrew can represent contemplation, meditation. It's like almost a silent and sub-vocal and inaudible muttering under our breath to ourselves as we're turning over a thought in our mind. That's one meaning of it. But another meaning is just the noise and the sound made by that sort of muttering. So the hubbub, the nations are just fully caught up in their own plans, their conspiracies, their plots to do what they want to do without any regard for God. So they're not meditating on God's word. Instead, they're focusing attention on their empty plans. And there's a truth in that. We sometimes meditate on the wrong things. So this psalm shows us that in a world full of big shots or rich rulers with important things happening all around us, all of these kings are actually laughed at by a God who is truly big with a capital B and awesomely powerful. Our prayers are heard by the King of Heaven. So we should pray boldly. Now, if we suddenly had the opportunity to spend a few minutes around one of the richest people in the world, one of these multi-multi-billionaires, and they were being very attentive to us, and they were being courteous, and they were just taking a real interest in what we're doing in our life, and we're making all the signs and gestures that they wanted to back us. They wanted to share some of their wealth with us. They were friendly toward us. Well, how would you be feeling? How would you be acting? And I'm wondering how many of us approach God in our prayers like that. He's infinitely more powerful than any billionaire in the world, and he's definitely more interested in us than, he, than any of them are. And yet, we don't act like we would if we were in the presence of someone like that here in the flesh. So, let's think about that. Our prayers are heard by the King of Heaven. Let's pray boldly. The language here is bold. God is pictured as mocking earth's rulers and getting angry at their lack of reverence. If he is really a small and not so powerful God with a little g, then this looks pretty pathetic and petty, right? But if he is truly the almighty, invisible, all-powerful creator of all things, then the disobedience, the disrespect of earth's kings and rulers is pretty ridiculous. None of them can prolong their life with so much as a breath. Any of them could just have a heart attack or die at any moment. And they couldn't bring themselves back to life. They couldn't resuscitate themselves. They don't have any great power. So their arrogance should make you mad. How dare they challenge the king of all creation? We have to decide who's in control and sincerely submit to that person or thing. If you believe that other flawed human beings are your superiors and should be respected as gods, then bow to them. 
if God, capital G, God, is enthroned in heaven and is really the one in charge, we must listen to him and his son. And this is one of the way, one of the reasons why when I get up in the morning, I intentionally do not go and turn on the news or the TV or look at my phone and try to find out what's going on in the world. Not the first thing. And this has taken some discipline. This takes some training. But I have tried to make it my habit. The first thing in the morning that I do is to either open scripture, open the Bible to some verse, or to say a prayer and turn my thoughts to God. Because the most important thing that's going to happen today is in God's hands. It's not determined by the news or what's being reported out in the world. And I don't have my head in the sand. I do want to know what's going on in the world. But it comes second. It comes after I've had time and audience with the one who really has things in his hands, who's in control. God's Messiah is ruling. And all leaders, kings, and powers will bow before him. The right attitude is to adore the true king and his anointed, the Messiah. Someone told us you'll be happy or blessed if you choose the right way, if you meditate on God's word. Psalm 2 ends by assuring us we'll be blessed if we submit to God and take refuge in him. Pray with me, please. God, we declare that you are ruling and you our King over all. You have sent your Son, Jesus, as King into this world, and He reigns even now at your right hand. Rulers of earth who oppose you are destined to fail and to be swept away. Your purposes will stand and prevail. God, we serve you with holy fear. We take refuge in you. You are greater than any virus or plague. Your wisdom far exceeds the wisdom of mankind. You are working among us to heal and restore, to give us rest and call us back to you. We respond to you and ask you to work in us. Amen. Where do you need to submit to God? What area of your life? What do you need to trust God for today? Turn your heart to Him in worship and adoration. Write out your intention or prayer to Him today. Today's episode is brought to you by God Help Me Grow, learning to pray through the Psalms, which you can find on Amazon, and there's a link to it in our show notes. Until next time, keep listening to God's Word. Embrace the presence and power of God as you pray His Word.